0: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Court Report on the Segal Network. You are listening to the November 15, 2015 edition of Season 3 of the Court Report on the Segal Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Segal Network. Every week, we will take a look back and a look ahead at all things she League. Had a game this week? Let us know. You can find me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W E I S E L B E R G. Or like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y L S Wise Guy. That's Y L S W E I S G U Y. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you once again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Crown Trophy of Brooklyn has been servicing the Achieva League for over a decade. And if you've won a championship within that period of time, you've already benefited from their amazing handiwork and craftsmanship. Please give Mike, Larry, and the entire gang a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your trophy and plaque needs. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weisselberg, Coach, Official, Analyst, but most of all, like you, I am the Achieve League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids with you each and every week. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, please do so. You'll have access to all of our shows from the last two seasons, as well as this season on the Colt Report. Plus, you'll also be able to send in comments for each show. Please keep the comments nice. Much like the show, it's not about me criticizing, degrading, or disrespecting players or coaches. Please be courteous enough to do the same. That sound you hear in the background is not a thousand stampeding elephants, and it is not a freight train or locomotive. That is the sound of the Cooper-Memphis National Invitational Basketball Tournament. As I said in last week's show, I am live here in Memphis. And uh, while I say it's a November 25th, November 15, 2015 show, I'm currently sitting in the gym on Championship Sunday, November 8th, at the Cooper Memphis National Invitational Basketball Tournament, running down the final day of action. Bringing that to you right here. Today will be our Cooper Recap Show. Over the course of the show, we we'll go through the, uh, the happenings in Memphis over this weekend, which is an amazing time. For those of you that have never visited Memphis or been to the Cooper uh, Cooper Tournament, you're definitely missing out. My first trip down here, second trip to Memphis. I took a trip to Memphis over the summer, but uh, this this really takes the cake. I've been to several tournaments, and this is easily easily one of my one of my most fun memories involved in Yeshiva League sports. Um, over the course of this show, I'll, again, I will recap everything that went on this past weekend at this amazing event. We'll go. Uh, we'll have some interviews with uh, with participants, coaches, athletic directors, and even uh, try to get uh, Josh Kahane for a sit down. Hopefully, over the course of the day, you'll uh, over the course of the next hour, you'll uh, get a chance to really feel through me what it was like to uh, to be here for this for this event, and hopefully entice you to join them in the future. So sit back uh, because uh, we have an hour's worth of Cooper action ahead of you. Straight ahead on the Court Report. The weekend began with 16 teams from around the nation converging onto Memphis, including four from our very own Yeshiva League. Last week on the Cooper Invitational website, as they do every year, Josh Kahane released his extraordinary uh, seating show, great production, and very informative. And on it, he released the seatings for this year's event. In the 16th seed, Atlanta Jewish Academy, number 15, would be the Akiva Hebrew Day School Pioneers. 14th, the Fassman Yeshiva High School from Skokie, Illinois. 13th, the Yeshiva B'nai Akiva Orachayim Knights from Toronto. 12th was the De Toledo, formerly New Jew High School Jaguars of West Hills, California. 11th, the 1st Yeshiva League team, the North Shore Hebrew Academy Stars. Ten, the Shek Hillel Community Lions. Number nine, Chicago Chicagoland Jewish High School Tigers. 8th, the Yeshiva High School Storm. Seven, another Yeshiva League participant, the Yeshiva Flatbush Falcons. Six would be the hometown Cooper Max. Fifth, the Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School Alliance. Number four, the Rash G Warriors from Miami Beach, Florida. Number three, defending champion and defending Yeshiva League champion, the Hebrew Academy of Five Towns Rockaway Hafter Hawks. Number two, perennial contenders for the championship, the Eula Panthers. And number one, the favorites to take home this year's Yeshiva League crowd, the DRS Wildcats. The format that Cooper uses isn't very much unlike Saratoga, except with only 16 teams and not 20 teams. Instead of four tiers, it ends up being two tiers. The first day, all 16 teams fight for the right to be in Tier 1 they 1-2-16, and they fold over and they play like you would a normal playoff. The winners go on to Tier 1 for uh, the remaining session on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. While the losers go into the Tier 2 bracket with the rights to win a championship for, uh, for Tier 2 as well. So, it's not a one-and-done tournament. You can lose the first day with a tough matchup. You don't just go home. You get reseeded into tier two, and you get to push for another title. So we'll go through each of those brackets after we uh, we give you the game one scores and highlights. So it's very much, uh, very much an impactful day with uh, no upsets really, and uh, the top seat's moving on. And we'll get through, we'll get through that very shortly. Uh, each of the uh, each of the teams will play four games on the tournament, one every day. And at the end they'll have, they'll be seated out in terms they'll be seated out in place in terms of how they finish. Before we begin though, I want to make note of two very important accomplishments for the court report down here in Memphis. Number one, it's actually our first live coverage event. This is the first time I am at an event actually covering that event. I wish we could do more on-site coverage of events, uh, more tournaments, more games. Uh, Hopefully that's something we can accomplish as the core report continues to grow. But most importantly, number two, I got a press pass. This is the first time in my history as a member of the uh, Knock and Seagull Network team in any capacity for anything to be issued a media pass. So thank you to the Cooper uh, Cooper organizers for uh, thinking of me and for uh, for thinking so highly to give me a, uh, this important uh, access to all the behind-the-scenes events. In just a few moments, we will get to our first interview of the day. We were going to be interviewing two Cooper Max players. Uh, on their thoughts on the impact of the tournament to... Uh, To themselves and the community, and how important it really is to Memphis and the people of Memphis. But first, we're going to go through the uh, we'll go through the first day of activity here at the Super Tournament. Tournament kicked off on Thursday, with the number 18 Yeshiva High School Storm, and the number 9 to Chicagoland Jewish High School Tigers. In that one, the wine-bound, formerly Weinbaum Storm dominates Chicagoland 61-39, to behind 18 points by both Ethan Lasko and Elias Atias. So the Winebound Storm moving on to the Tier 1, uh, tier one section of play. Chicagoland relegated to the 2, led by Samson Hoffman with 8 points couple of minutes later, the number one seed, DRS, came out and thrashed Atlanta, the Atlanta Jewish Academy Jaguars, 90-39. to Joab Deutsch, 23 points on the game for DRS. Uh, Gabriel Leifer pitched in 18 of his own. Jaguars just could not keep up with them. Dustin Dayani adding 19 points in the losing effort, though. Next set of games on the day, number two, Eula perennial favorites, and the 15 seed Akiva Hebrew Day School Pioneers. In that one, Alan Gindy paced Eula with 21 points on their way to a 64 21 victory. Uh, Gindy matching Akiva by himself. Josh Hornbury leading for Akiva with seven on the game. Three seed after another Yeshiva League team. Downs, Fasman Yeshiva High School. fastman making a great showing of it, though. 56 47. High scorer on the game was actually Fasman uh, center, Michael Eunice. Big man, 6 4. Uh, matched A.B. Perlow. A.B. actually got two better than A.B. Perlow. Perlow scoring 16 in the win. Yunus the high scorer on the game, though. Fasman made a big name for themselves uh, in the on the first day, actually staying with Hafter for much of the game. We moved over to the afternoon sessions, where the four-seeded Rashi Warriors went out and defeated the uh, the Orachayim Knights 64 to 46. Ben Tal, surprising name, many people do not really see Rashi a lot up north, but one of the uh, one of the best guards in the tournament. Tal was was silky smooth in the first game, dropping 26 points. Yaakov Bendayan, a 6-8 center for Orachayim, dropping six, dropping 15 in the loss. Yeshiva Flatbush Falcons continuing the uh, the streak for the for the Yeshiva League teams, defeating the Sheck Hill Alliance 57 to 44. Louis Zarif and Kevin Haddon, both scoring nine points in the victory, a really spread out effort for the Falcons. Jackie Kleinbaum dropping 17 high score on the game for Shek in their loss. Next session of games. The uh, the final two games on the day: the Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School Lions and the De Toledo High School Jaguars. In what was definitely the most exciting game of the first day, the 5-12 game. It seems to be that in every tournament we have, the 5-12 game always manages to be um, uh, one of the, the one where where the closest games happen, especially when it comes down to the NCAA tournament and what we've seen out of Saracek over the last few years as well. JDS winning 63-57, to but Dave Toledo very close, lead going back and forth, uh, right, right through the very end, Brian Knapp leading scorer for JDS with 22 points, Michael Stavinsky dropping 17-4, Dave Toledo in the loss, and in the final game of the day the uh, the host Cooper Max and the final Yeshiva League team Cooper Max the sixth team against North Shore the eleven seed. This one went down to the wire as well. The last two games on the day, both the most exciting ones. This one though went the way of Cooper, the host team fifty six to fifty four. Jeff Owen, Jeff Owen, who you will hear from in a few minutes, a transfer in his first game as the as a uh, member of the Cooper Max, twenty points. To lead Cooper in a victory over the North Shore Stars, who were led by Mitchell Hutt with 12 points. So the Ashiva League going 3 and 1 on the first day of play. And after this, we now have our two brackets, which we'll go through when we preview the second te- the second. Uh, Day, in the second day of play in just a few minutes after this interview. Two boys are coming in. We'll be joined by JJ Camp and Jeffrey Owen. Give me a second while I switch over to our other mics so that I can get the boys their mics. Joining me now are two members of the Cooper Max team.
1: Boys, introduce yourselves to the folks at home. name is Jeffrey from a junior at the Cooper High School this is my third year playing the Cooper Tournament. My is Jeffrey Owen, I go to Cooper Yeshiva High School, I'm a junior. This is my first year playing in the Cooper Yeshiva tournament.
0: Okay now boys, as Cooper players, what does this event mean to you as a Cooper student and as a member of the
2: Memphis community? Well it means everything, you know, our school balls so much after this tournament. All those students while we're playing out, they volunteer, doing the school board, getting the bags ready for the players. And you know, it's really our tournament as the players of the Cooper of, of the Cooper Yeshiva we welcome these kids and and we really uh, put on a great weekend for them. And it's exciting to have so many kids come to our community and to host a great tournament with them.
1: Uh, I think it's amazing to see so many so many kids, so many Jewish kids from across the country, come to play in one game, uh, to play in one tournament. Um, we see it's amazing to see how competitive it gets. At the end of the day, we're all a bunch of Jewish kids that come into one tournament, and and it's it's great to meet all the kids. And Josh Kane does a great job of putting it all together. JJ, you've you've been a member of the
0: of the Memphis community for how long now? Uh, I've been going to uh, uh, a Kabo
2: since pk three. So this is basically my home, as I know. Uh, and I love it here. It's a tight knit community. Uh, everyone gets along everyone knows each other and it's it's just it's just Memphis is my home. And for you, for you, Jeffrey, it's a different
0: story.
1: You've just moved here. How will it take you to get a sense of what this actually meant to the community itself? Uh, so I just moved here from Seattle, Washington. Uh, we attempted to come here. It didn't work out. Um, when I first came, I didn't really know what to expect from this tournament. I knew it was something special and astol- like something very cool to come to. Um, right when I got here, I realized how amazing it really is. And there was nothing like that. I've I played in a lot of in the but there was nothing like playing in this tournament. And I, I hope that everybody can make it out here at some point to come see what happens. It's really a special place. somebody somebody's almost been out here
0: for his second time, I absolutely agree with you. JJ, is there an additional feeling of responsibility with when the event comes around? Is there almost a personal interest in making sure that people get a true
2: sense of Memphis? Of course, you know, Memphis is such a welcoming community. We're known for our southern hospitality, and we're all try to give these kids a sense of that when they come for the tournament. You know, people open up their homes on Friday night to all the players uh, for Shabbat meals, and everyone just really guests to feel like this community wants them, and they go to the schools, they go to the school, uh, and it's really a great weekend, and us as Memphis have that responsibility of showing these kids what we're all about. So the tournament being in Memphis,
1: what does having a home crowd behind you do for you and your teammates? I think it's a really cool opportunity. All these kids come in and they're kind of shocked by how many people made it out uh, today. It's 8-15 game, and so many people came out to support us. I I know I wouldn't have got to eight fifteen. You know, it's an early start. Um, last even yesterday on Saturday night, we had a packed house. We had it lining up on the chairs. We had both bleachers filled. And every time somebody makes a stop, we make a basket. Everybody goes insane, and it's a really we. I think as players, we really love having the crowd behind us. I know. I know. Uh, in fact, I know everybody loves having to come behind us, and that's a really cool experience. So if each of you could take one thing out of
2: this event, another thing into your upcoming seasons, what would it be? Well, I hey, think this is really the first time playing, I'm and me and Jeffrey I'm really forming that backcourt, um, that will we need, And I think this is the time, it's just the start of it. And we'll take the we'll here, and we'll learn, Lanes on the north shore and flat Some learning experiences against Hafter um, and linebound and we're gonna take that move forward. And I think we can really become a formidable team in a formidable backcourt.
1: Jeffrey, um, me, me coming in my first year here, my junior year. It's a special group of kids. We all have so much talent coming in, and it's a matter of us forming uh, one ten guys coming in to do one accomplish one task, and that's winning basketball games. Uh, I work my butt here, JJ. We're a uh, backcourt that is. One, in a couple of weeks from now is going to be the best backcourt in the United States of America uh, Jewish tournament-wise. I think they both comment each other very well and that it's going to be something really cool to watch especially going forward to come to Sarachek we'll and play all of the Jewish team. It's going to be a really cool thing to watch.
0: Looking forward to see how you both do over the course of the season. Looking forward to see you guys at Sarachek later on in the year. Thank you very much for Thank you joining for having us.
2: us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
0: Once again, you are listening to the Court Report on the Not from Network. I am your host Elliot Weisberg, taking you through this Cooper Memphis Invitational Tournament recap. Once again, we are live at the Cooper Memphis National Invitational Basketball Tournament, taking place at the JCC in Memphis. We are brought to you by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn, and we are taking you once again through the uh, through the actions. Thank you to JJ Camp and Jeffrey Owen, two Max players for giving us their perspective on what the tournament means to the community of Memphis and to Cooper, the school in Memphis. We're going to move ahead now and cover day two action, Friday action. As we said, after day one, all 16 teams were uh, were sort of reshuffled. Tier two was reshuffled. The losers of the first round games, tier one pretty much stayed the same. Tier one as it stayed. DRS is the one seed. Eula as the two seed. Hafter as the three. Rashi as the four. JDS as the five. Cooper the six. Vladbush the seven, and Weinbaum the eight. However, at the bottom uh, in, the, in the tier two, they were able to reseed a bit uh, based on uh, based on competition that they saw out of day one, taking the top seed in tier two, Day Toledo. Number 2 seed in Tier 2 was the Dene Akiva Orhaim Knights. 3rd seed, staying where they were as the 11th seed, the North Shore Stars. 4th seed, the, the Sheck Hill Alliance. 5th seed, Fasman. 6th seed, Chicagoland. 7th seed, Atlanta, who uh, lost to DRS on Day 1. And 8th seeded, Akiva. So, the matchups for day two are as follows. Starting out with a with the tier one games. Tier one games. First game of the day. Raji takes on Charles E. Smith. In that one, Rasgy... Defeated Charles E. Smith, 80 to 65. Ben Tao, another fantastic game. 35 points. I believe that's the high. That uh, was definitely the high for the first two days. Don't know if that's the high for the tournament. I'll check and I'll get back on that later on in the show. Charles E. Smith getting a 20-point effort from both Daniel Kuhnreich and Brian Knapp as uh, in the loss. In the next tier one session of games, Eula. Ups- not upsetting, ULA defeating Flapush 49 32. ULA led by Alan Gindy once again 11 points. Flapush led by Kevin Haddad with 11 points as well. 17 point victory for the ULA Panthers. Once again going back to the semifinals of the Cooper Memphis basketball tournament. Other tier one action. Hafter defeating the home team Cooper uh, Max 60 44. Ab Perlow once again the high scorer, dropping 18. Matched for uh, matched by the uh, by the Cooper players by Jeffrey Ellen, whom you, whom you heard earlier. Kaylee Malovski both with 18 points. And in the final Tier One game, DRS defeated Weinbaum. what was a close contest for most of the game. Weinbaum actually had the lead for a majority of it. DRS coming back to win by 10, 55-45. The score not really indicative of the game, though, but great resiliency, especially by Gabriel Leifer, 21 points on the game. Topped, though, by Weinbaum, Ethan Lasko, who dropped 29. Moving back to Tier 2 now. Tier 2 first game on the day. Ora Chaim dropped Atlanta Jewish, 65-35, to behind 33 by Benji Feldman. Jaguars were paced by uh, two players Essendayani and Anshul Rutt both 10 but not nearly enough as Benji Feldman almost defeated uh, Atlanta uh, sorry almost, yeah, almost defeated Atlanta on his own other tier 2 action Sheck Hillow defeated Fasman. 45 to 42 advance to the Tier 2 semifinals. Alan Pinkasov leading Sheck in that game with 13 points. Michael Yunus leading the game for Hasman with 14. North Shore winning on the day, advancing to the Tier 2 semifinals, defeating Chicagoland 49 to 41 behind Ryan Levian's 19 points. Chicagoland was paced by Brian Silverstein's 12. Not enough as they lose to North Shore by 8. And in the final Tier 2 game on the day, Day Toledo, the number one seed, to Akiva 73-34. Michael Stavinsky putting in 22 for the Jaguars. Josh Hornblum getting almost half of Akiva's points on his own with 16. Time now for another interview. Making their way over to the announce table now will be Joey Honig and Eric Amkraut. Two athletic directors in the uh, Yeshiva High School Athletic League. Joey Honig from Hafter, Eric Amkraut from Flatbush. Uh, bear with me again as they, as they take their seats while I switch over to the
1: handheld mics
0: now are two athletic directors from the Yeshiva High School Athletic League, Joe Hoenig, athletic director and coach for Hafter, and Eric grand who have heard on the radio with us before for Yeshiva of Flatbush. So let me ask you both, when your school gets a phone call to participate in a tournament like this, is it a slam dunk? Uh,
3: I, would, I would tell you that nothing would do be a slam dunk. Uh, however... When it comes with the name of Cooper, I not so cachet to it because it has established a reputation. Uh, I will tell you that a little over two years ago when I joined Flatbush, I had a number of parents come to me and say, Where are kids going to Cooper? Now, I knew nothing about it at the time. but obviously already had a reputation. We looked into it. We looked into it. And so we came here two years ago, from my standpoint, not knowing anything about the tournament other than... Having a positive reputation, and I was really blown away with what I experienced here. So from that point, now coupled with my own experience, I would say it's not a slam dunk, but it
4: certainly is an easy sell. I agree. Definitely not a slam dunk. We were in. Uh, we we travel once a year to tournaments. Uh, we have our own tournament. to it has its own uh, memorial tournament in January. So we traveled once a year to a tournament, and we were going to uh, Houston and Baltimore before we got, and we actually got invited to uh, to Memphis a couple of times. And we're actually, we were hesitant because um, it is a big cost to the uh, ki- to the kids and also to the administration and the athletic department. Uh, but once we decided that we're going to try it out because it had become very popular, 16-team tournament from around the country, the lure was uh, too hard to to not come. So we decided to uh, to. Come also two years ago, same year that Flappish came. Uh, this is our third year here, and uh, it really is fabulous. And uh, hopefully, we'll be invited back for many years to come because it really run well, uh, and the hospitality here is amazing. And we love this tournament. What does your kids' participation mean to the school as a whole?
3: Well, from our standpoint, it's it's everything that surrounds the basketball, but really is the key component to why we bring our kids here and what we look for out of it. The basketball is the attraction, but the community and the experience is the glow that really makes the event that it is for us. And and for us, it's an opportunity to put into practice the things that we teach at school about both hachmasat or and welcoming guests. And in the same token, when I come here, to understand how to be uh, an appreciative guest. And from my standpoint, my kids have done nothing but make me proud in, in that effect, and their appreciation for the way that Memphis has opened its doors and welcomed not only Flatbush but all the many of what we see here—it's it, absolutely a big part of complimenting what we we'll teach every we'll day. Uh, certainly, Flatbush.
4: The war for us is uh, is the basketball, of course, because there are 16 teams from around the country, and perhaps the best teams, the best Jewish teams from around the country. But it's it, basketball again. Is just part of it as well. We love, of course. Nobody wants to lose. Everybody wants to win a tournament, especially a national tournament. Uh, you're not invited, especially from the New York area, to the Sarachek tournament every year. So this is ex- exceptional to be invited to a national tournament. But since it's so early in our season, and I know that I think we both only played about two games. We've only played two games so far in our regular season. For us, also coming to a, for a weekend together as a Shabbaton. Uh, getting to know the players, the players getting to know the coaches, uh, and also getting to know other teams and other schools from around the country is really an amazing an amazing uh, addition to this tournament. You both have experience with tournaments like these and being at events like
0: these and what they present to you. What will each of you personally take out of this tournament? Well, again, we do try and take the lessons
3: from what we are see uh, what Josh Cahane does in terms of the, uh, the behind-the-scenes work and what it sets up and how the community opens its doors and kind of take that back to what we do on a much smaller scale like the last tournament. Now, obviously, what we're doing is geared towards younger kids. It's a jugular tournament. Uh, but in terms of the operation, in terms of how the community comes out, uh, how the kids are welcomed, how the program is broadcast so that the community is outside the local area, stay in touch with the day to day of the tournament is, is something that we take back, and it certainly goes into how we operate what we're doing and, and, and how sure. do we use it to include our community in, in that particular event.
4: That's interesting that we both actually run a tournament. We run the Scots Sachs. Both of us do. Right, yeah. that's true. Uh, and I also I run a tournament in January. It's a 10 team tournament. Uh, we do get some out of town teams, but I agree. Uh, watching the way they run the tournament over the last few years, it's really made us step up our game. We do live streaming now, and really because of the, what what they do what they do here, and uh, it really helps us uh, m- make a much better tournament. And uh, again, for for me personally to come here and to see how the operation works as athletic director and as a coach, it's really helped me a lot over the last couple of years. How has the community of Memphis rallied around this event, and how does that? inspire
0: what we do in terms of uh, how we work with the kids. Uh, I would
3: tell you that it is exactly the kind of thing I've seen out of the Flatbush community with the Housedorf Tournament. Uh, It's very much a grassroots kind of thing, and that really is what gives it the flavor and what makes it so good. It's not just a basketball tournament. This is the Memphis Jewish community opening its doors. The lesson for us is, we understand when, when schools come from out of town, to us, it's not just New York, but it really is the, the Jewish community, the Midwood Jewish community, for us, the Syrian Jewish community, that but, but is a large percentage of our population. Um, and really, the lessons for what that means, as I said before, Hachnasat is as a really uh, a main focal point of what we teach and and what that means. It really is a, a vehicle and an avenue for us to achieve those goals. Again, way beyond whatever basketball uh, is is a part of it's that lesson for the community
4: i'm not taking anything away from our community in the five towns Uh, i'm really not taking anything away because we have amazing hosts every year and they do an amazing exceptional job but there is something to be said about the southern hospitality here in memphis Uh, at my tournament we don't eat at the host's house on friday nights we have a communal uh, dinner and, and lunch the next day and it's really incredible to see how how this, this whole community comes out. Uh, they're cooking their own food for the children, uh, for instance, on Saturday. It's it's, it's incredible. Uh, and it's something that's, that's very difficult to replicate in back in the New York area. And this is, like Eric just said, this is a community tournament. The tournaments that we run in New York, our communities are so large, it, it just can't possibly be the entire communities. So the difference really is that this entire community comes out and backs this tournament and gives it uh, 100%. And it's evident that every single time that Cooper comes out and plays, they, they have every single person in the community basically here watching the game. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you, guys. Once again, this is the Court Report on the Nahum Segal Network. We are sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. This is the Cooper Memphis National Invitational Basketball Tournament Show. I'm coming to you live from the JCC in Memphis. Thank you once again to Hafter Athletic Director and Head Coach Joey Honig. And to Eric Amkraut of Flatbush. As you remember last year, Eric joined us for our uh, our girls preview segment. Now uh, joining us here in Memphis as both teams have participated and have competed well. Let's continue with our recap of the weekend's action. Moving on to the Day 3 scores. Day 2 results led us to four different semifinals bracket. In the Tier 1 main, it would be DRS and Rashi. And Eula and Hafter, teams seated one through four in, in the uh, in the seedings. DRS, Eula, Hafter, Rashi in that order. In the tier one consolation game it would be the five through eight teams. JDS taking on Weinbaum and Cooper taking on Flatbush. Moving down to the tier two uh, brackets, tier two main bracket. Orachayim and North Shore, the two three seeds, um, and the two and three seed. Orachayim the two, Orachayim two, Ora two, the North Shore the three. And De Toledo, the 1 seed, facing off with Sheck, the 4 seed. Over in the Tier 2 consolation, Chicagoland, the 6 seed, and Atlanta, the 7 seed. And Fasman, the 5 seed, and Akiva, the 8 seed. So, to this point, no real upsets. At least not until semifinal Saturday night. We'll start off... In the tier one consolation bracket. Tier 1 consolation bracket. First game, JDS and Weinbaum. In this game, JDS defeated Weinbaum 73 56. JDS high score, Daniel Kuhnreich, 18. Again, Ethan Lasco pacing Yeshiva with 20 with Weinbaum Yeshiva with 29 points. In the other Tier 1 consolation game, Cooper and Flablish. Cooper, the 60s seed defeating Flatbush, fifty-eight to fifty, sending yet another uh, loss to the uh, to the Metropolitan Yeshiva High School Basketball League. Jeffrey Owen, leading scorer again with twenty-eight for Cooper. Kevin Haddad, again leading scorer for Flatbush, coming up with eleven, but an eight-point loss for Flatbush, relegating them without a uh, to, without a top. Uh, Top five, top six finish for for the tournament. Moving down to the Tier 2 consolation bracket. First game, Chicagoland versus Atlanta. Chicagoland dominating Atlanta, 68-16. to Felix Rosen leading the game for Chicagoland with 19. Doug Yeglin and Jacob Adler each scoring four in the loss for Atlanta. In the other game, Fasman and Akiva. Fasman trouncing Akiva, fifty-nine to twenty-two. Michael Yunus scoring fifteen in that game. Josh Kornblum nine for uh, for the Pioneers. Had the pleasure of actually calling that game. Had a lot of fun on Saturday night. Getting to call three different games, uh, first for me. So now I've called games in both Saracek and and Memphis. So uh, gotta find my way around the nation to do a couple more. So. For those two consolation brackets, we'll get to the matchups they they uh, they came out to on Sunday uh, for uh, in a couple of minutes. Now let's go back to the main brackets. Starting off in the Tier Two main, we we'll start off with we're going to start off with Orchaim and Northshore in this one. Northshore upset Orchaim, forty-seven to thirty-five. Behind Aaron Volinsky and Mitchell Hut, ten points apiece. Ben Bendayan, the big man for Orchayim, dropping 19 in the loss. In the other semifinal, De Toledo and Sheck squared off. In this one, De Toledo winning by 12, 59-47 to behind Ezra Emanuel's eight. Very spread around effort. For Sheck, Jackie Kleinbaum dropped 17. And back to the Tier 1 main games, 2 High-powered competitions. DRS and Rashi started off. DRS bursting out early, taking it to Rashi, winning 54 to 36. Yelov Deutsch with a 28-point effort. Great game. A lot of them in transition couldn't be matched by by Rashi. Jackus Formis. Um, Jackus Formis is the leading scorer for the for the Rashi team. Ben Bental uh, held down to just seven points after two very dominant first uh, first two games for Rashi, and in the other one, a barn burner, Hafter and Eula, Eula, perennial favorites to uh, to take the crown. Hafter, the defending champions, and it was the defending champions upsetting Eula, forty-eight to forty-one. So uh, Hafter behind A.B. Perlow in three games. Perlau with 31 points. Alan Gindy, 17 in the loss for Yula. But A.B. Perlow leading the Hafter effort for all three games. Three victories leading to yet another final setting up with DRS for an all-Yeshiva League final. So That makes four, that makes three Yeshiva League teams, DRS, Hafter, and North Shore all in championship games for Championship Sunday. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nahum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weisselberg, taking you through all the weekend's action at the Cooper Memphis National Invitational Basketball Tournament. Finally, moving on to today's action. Championship Sunday happening right in front of us right now. Tier 1 third place game going on. I'll give you the scores for every game with the exception of the Tier 1 and Tier 2 championships. And the tier one third place. That I'll give you a recap later on the show for. Us. But moving along, starting off in tier two, we'll start off with the tier 2 two seventh place game. Tier 2 seventh place. The 7 and 8 seed Atlanta Jewish Academy Jaguars, Akiva Hebrew for Pioneers. Atlanta winning 50 to 34 over Akiva. Dustin Dayani once again leading Atlanta with 14 points. Twilight Venezra putting eleven in for Akiva. Moving to the Tier Two fifth place game. Fasman and Chicago Land. The Chicago-Chicago matchup going to the number five seed Fasman, fifty-two to forty-four, behind another fifteen-point effort by Michael Yunus for uh, for Fasman. Ellie N- Nasatir dropping in twelve for Chicago Tier two consolation game. You had the Orchayim Knights and the Shek Hillel Community Lions. It was the Shek Hillel Lions upsetting the Orchayim Knights 47-36 to 36, behind 12 points from Ben Zafarani. Yaakov Ben Dayan scored 9 for Orchayim in the losing effort. Back up to Tier 1 now. Starting on the Tier 1-7 place, the first game of the day, the Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School Lions against the Yeshiva Flatbush Falcons. The day school taking advantage of several Falcons turnovers to pull out a 51-34 win behind another high high watermark for Brian. Knapp. 23-point effort. Lapush uh, paced by Yola Goldberg with only seven in the losing effort. Moving ahead to the Tier One fifth place game between the Kufa Yeshiva High School Max and the Weinbaum Yeshiva High School Storm. The Weinbaum Storm. Upsetting the home crowd, the 68-49 victors, behind 18 points in Ethan Lasko. Jeffrey Owen, again leading Cooper, with 17 points in the loss. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Segal Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg. We fast-forwarded just a little bit. The games have now completed. I am now sitting in a nearly empty gym, but we have a recap for you from the three games that we did not just cover. Starting off with the Tier 2 championship game between De Toledo... And the North Shore Stars. The two teams traded off the lead early, but late in the first, Day Toledo gained separation on buckets by Michael Stavinsky and Ezra Emanuel, and a pair of free throws by Jason Offman to give the Jaguars a 12-5 lead at the end of one quarter of play. The second quarter would feature stifling defensive work by De Toledo, holding Northshore without a point for the first six minutes of the stanza. During that time, the Jags were able to extend their lead into double digits. The Stars' Ari Warshaw put North Shore on the board with a three that was quickly answered by two Offman free throws to extend the lead to ten. Ryan Livian was able to cut the margin down, but De Toledo would still hold a nine-point lead going into the half, 21 to 12. The offense picked up for both teams in the second half, and North Shore finally started connecting, but unfortunately for them they could not keep the Jags from doing the same. By the time the third quarter had ended, North Shore had doubled their point total from the half, but was still outscored eighteen to twelve, giving the Jags a thirty nine to twenty four lead going into the final quarter. The fourth quarter featured more of the same North Shore getting some scoring, but De Toledo answering and hitting free throws. A late push by North Shore kept this game from finishing with a 20 point margin, but that was the most positive part of it, as the De Toledo Jaguars took home the Tier 2 championship, defeating North Shore 56 39. Michael Stavinsky led De Toledo with 18, taking home the Tier 2 MVP. Ryan Levian paced North Shore with 12. This loss makes it the fourth straight year that North Shore has walked away empty-handed from a championship at the Cooper Memphis Invitational Basketball Tournament, having lost the last three Tier 1 finals previously. Moving back to Tier One now. Going first with the Tier One third place game between Eula and Rashi. In the Tier One third place game, Eula and Rashi met up in a game that could have been more spectacular than it really was. Rashi was without Star Guard Ben Tal, who injured himself against DRS uh, last night. Could not keep up with Eula's hot hands, and by the time third had, they had amassed a twenty point lead that they were able to maintain on the back of Alan Gindy's seventeen points. Gindi would not be the game's high scorer, though, as Jack Jackus Formis catching fire in the third, dropped 19. Eula, however, would emerge victorious, winning the Tier 1 third-place game 68-48. to But in the most anticipated matchup of the tournament, two Yeshiva League rivals met up for the Tier 1 tournament championship arguably the top two teams in the Varsity Basketball Eastern Conference, DRS and Hafter. Hafter, the defending champions, looking to repeat last year's Cooper Championship run, DRS with the thoughts of a second championship in a three-week span, having taken the Megan David tournament uh, in October. Hafter won the opening tip-off, and immediately, A.B. Perlow put home his first two points. On the ensuing possession, DRS would respond on a Gabriel Leifer jumper, these two possessions would pretty much set the tone for the course of the game, as you'll see. DRS would grab the lead with a 9-2 run, capped off by a Lifer 3 at the first quarter buzzer, his 8th points of the quarter, to give the Wildcats an 8-4 lead. On the first possession of the second half, Lifer continued his hot hand, hitting a jumper. After that, the quarter was pretty much all DRS, as the Wildcats would drop 18 in the session to increase their lead to that margin, 29-11. to going into the half. But as we've seen so far in the early part of the Sushiva League season, sometimes big leads can come back to haunt teams. Hafter would turn it on the third, chipping away at the deficit, and despite a nice quarter for DRS that featured several several other players contributing on the scoreboard, Perlow and the Hawks were able to build momentum and knock the margin to 12, 40-28, entering the final quarter of play. DRS would get the ball to start the fourth quarter. Jeremy Brody, getting fouled going to the basket, would make one of two. But a three-point play by Perlow on the other end would make it a ten-point game. Judah Levine would score on a baseline drive, but Sammy Mandel came up big with a three to cut DRS's lead to single digits. Leifer would hit another free throw, but after big man Max Rosner would hit a three, and the lead was now cut to seven. DRS bringing up the ball, hoping to stop the run by the Hawks, instead turning it over, leading to a fast break by who else? A.B. Perlau. And with four minutes left, an 18 point lead had now dwindled down to five with the score 44-39 to DRS. For DRS it became mostly about free throws after that. Lifer made one of two and then have Deutsch made two of his own. On the other end of the court, Jason Abraham drilled a three to keep pace. Deutsch would hit two more for DRS, but Perlow. That would make his presence known, scoring a bucket, drawing a charge, and making a free throw to cut the margin back to four with under a minute to go. Hafter needed to stop badly, but could not contain the Wildcats in the backcourt, and then let about 20 seconds go by before fouling in the frontcourt, taking valuable time off the clock, and made matters worse by sending Leifer to the line for free throws. Luckily for Hafter, Leifer would miss the second shot, but again... Have to let too much time slip off the clock and could not score on their possession. Zev Ben-Ami would hit two free throws for DRS, and then a Hafter missed three-point shot as the clock wound down found its way to Leifer, who took the ball the length of the floor and slammed the door shut with an emphatic dunk on a DRS Cooper championship 54-45. Leifer recorded a double-double with 27 points and 12 rebounds, earning the Tier 1 MVP – Perlau, the only other player on either team to reach double digits in points, also recorded a double-double with 24 and 11, and was named to the all-tournament team. Also being named to the all-tournament team was DRS's Joab Deutsch, Weinbaum's Ethan Glasgow, JDS's Brian Knapp, and EULA's Alan Gindy. Also, there was the national three-point shooting contest, which was won by Joel Varden. So we have here another win by DRS, another championship on the young season. Questions remain going into the early part of the season. Can DRS keep their success up? Can DRS run the table effectively, still knowing that the other division has Frisch, TABC, and SAR? Again, it's an early season, but these victories now over tough teams around from around the nation really do potentially set the tone for what could be a historic season for the DRS Wildcats. But they also have the target on their back now, and everybody will be gunning for them. So it will be very interesting to see how they get back into the Yeshiva League season over the next couple of weeks, and when their big games come around, where that really places them. We know that the likelihood of these two teams, DRS and hafter meeting again, is very high, as they face in the Yeshiva League season twice, also, the two of them do meet up, or probably will meet up again in the Saturn tournament coming up later on this year. Um, so that pretty much does it. But before we leave, we have one very, very special interview to do. Bear with me again while I switch over to the other, uh, to the other mic, and introduce my very special guest, whom you've heard before, uh, one of the more special guests for our, for our radio show. It is with Josh Kahane, the tournament organizer. Uh, this was uh, taped a little bit before. Uh, please, again, bear with the audio as uh, we're trying to work out exactly how to uh, how to best use the, the extra mics that we have for our show. For the worst interview of the show... I have with me a special guest, tournament organizer Josh Kahane. For those of you that are fans of the corporate, you'll remember two years ago, my first ever show. We uh, ran out of time on Josh before we could get to him on our show. Last year, though, we had a full show. This year, Josh, we made sure
5: of it. you got me down here. Well, thank you so much. And before we even begin to talk about the tournament, I want to thank you, Elliot, for taking time out of your incredible busy schedule to come down, having you here in the tournament was uh, absolutely wonderful to have you here courtside with us. Uh, it meant a lot to us and really enhanced the tournament. So thank you for taking the time to come. We we'll hope you do so for many, many years in the future. Much appreciated. You know, I came down over the summer for a weekend,
0: and you stressed and I felt in talking to people here how much this really is a community event. How everybody I ran into said, come down for the tournament, come down for the tournament, come down. It wasn't just a Cooper-Memphis thing. It was a Memphis-Cooper thing. So my question to you is, how
5: does all that come together? Well, (laughs) I don't know what the glue is, but I think we just have a wonderful, wonderful community here in Memphis who embraces the concept of hospitality, who understands the importance of uh, befriending everyone and being kind to everyone, And most importantly, an excitement for who we are and what we stand for down here in Memphis. And it's as much about basketball as it is about the uh, programming off the court, and as much as it is about our city, showcasing our city and allowing our city to be a home away from home for all of our visitors and fans. So it's really become a Memphis event.
0: Let's talk a little bit about that programming. Before we get to on the court, let's give listeners
5: a little bit about what the kids experienced over the weekend. Absolutely. Well, things off the court kicked off Thursday evening. We had our welcome banquet. At the welcome banquet, we had an exceptional speaker, Coach Raheem Shabazz, who told the story of the heights of his success as an NFL prospect at Ohio State University and the depths of his uh, of his difficulties and challenges finding himself sleeping in a bus station and how he's now brought himself back to the highest levels of training and of professionalism, and it really was an inspiring speech. Moving on from there, we had wonderful group meals, both for breakfast, Friday, and lunch. Friday night, the entire uh, uh, contingency joined one another to daven together at Shul at the Barrenhurst Synagogue. And then we divided up into 61 homes across Memphis. And we, had, uh, and we had a wonderful time of Southern hospitality and then gathered together for an egg that evening that had two different elements. The first, we had uh, comedic sensation Joel Chasnov, who came in actually from Brazil to entertain the boys. And then we had the unique experience of the Bostoner Rebbe from Jerusalem, who came and held a tish for the boys. And it really was uh, an evening that touched on humor, that touched on seriousness, that touched on spirituality. It really and, spanned all horizons. And it really was a beautiful evening. Shabbos Day, we're all gathered again to dive in together, and we had uh, joined us Coach Bill Courtney, one of the uh, most renowned speakers out there on the circuit right now, just keynoted the ESPY Awards recently. And he spoke about his experience coaching at Manassas High School, uh, Inner City School, and the lessons he taught his boys, not only about football, but about the way of life, and gave a tremendously inspirational speech to our boys about the opportunities they have to really make a difference here in the world, and to be leaders, and to use their skills in the most profound way. And I think everybody was not only motivated, but inspired. It really was a beautiful Shabbos. I definitely had a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely for an event like this, the main focus, what happens on the court. We had a spectacular array of games over the last four days. What stood out among those games to you? If there's one moment, one or one part of the weekend that sort of expressed what the tournament was about to you what this what this whole event was about to you, what would it be?
5: Uh, that's a phenomenal question. I don't know that I have a phenomenal answer, but I'll tell you what's freshest in my mind, and that was what our viewers just saw as the last play of the game. You have a gym that for the past four days has been packed with activity. You have it surrounded by fans, not only from the Memphis community who come out for the championship game, but teams from all over North America. The sidelines were full to capacity. Hafters making their run, showing the hearts of the champions that they really are. they be being D- down very early. Very early and fighting back. DRS looking to finally get over that hump, that Hafter hump, and take home a championship. And when it's all on the line... You have a last-second move where Lifer steals the ball, takes it, and slams it down. DLS erupts. The crowd erupts. And despite, I know, the disappointment Hafter feels, they smile as they know that it was a truly tremendous championship. And the court is flooded by fans from everywhere. And that is what we're all about. We're all about breaking down the barriers, bringing all of our kids together in, in good spirit and in good times. For a
0: team like Hafter, coming in early season taking this loss very close loss to a DRS team that I'm not sure that they thought they came in ahead of where does this now where does this now take them going through the season what should they take from from their from their second half run with them into the Yeshiva League season?
5: Well, I think Hafter has to be incredibly proud of their performance. Let's remember two things. Hafter's playing without two key starters, one of whom was unable to make the trip and one of whom was injured right before the trip. So they were playing with a squad that was not at full capacity, and yet, with true heart and true championship stature, they were able to fight back and they were close to pulling off this victory. I am certain that this is not the last championship that we will see Hafter and DRS compete against one another in. I think Hafter's takeaway has to be disappointment, as I know they'll start to repeat, as Eula did many times here. But I think they have to look at it and say, well, despite being a little short-handed, we were in this game at the end, and we'll get them next time around. And now on
0: to DRS. Number one seed for a very long time. I know you and I talked over the
5: summer about it, how even that far back they were the one seed. Did they fulfill the expectations? No question. DRS dominated the tournament, and despite Hafter's second-half run, if you watch the totality of the game, you saw that DRS manhandled Hafter in the first game. And Hafter was the only team that even came close. DRS looks incredibly strong, almost at every position. They have the most talented player in the tournament, and the big man. They have tremendous guards. I think this is a team that might achieve that elusive triple crown: the Cooper Invitational, Metropolitan Yeshiva League Championship, and the Sarachek Championship. I just I see DRS playing at their best, unbeatable, and even at their average capacity, being an incredibly strong team.
0: Bringing it back to the tournament, just for just to sort of wrap things up this year. For me, I guess being here makes it a little bit different. Getting to see everything in person, getting to see what happens. And you've done this
5: already nine times. Where do you go with this to make the tenth even that much more spectacular? Well, that's a, that's a great question. I can tell you that as we sat here last night... The guys that I work with, Eric Schubert, Kevin Braverman, John Wogan, it was about 2 o'clock in the morning and we were getting ready for Championship Sunday and we already began planning for next year. We have a lot of tricks up our sleeve, maybe even making the tournament a little bit bigger next year, certainly bringing Mm. in some high-caliber speakers once again, making sure the swag is the best stuff given out to players anywhere. I give you our commitment. Next year will be better than this year and we will continue upping the standard for Yeshiva basketball across the country. Just one last just one last question. What happens in Memphis after the tournament ends? <laughs> Most of us collapse for a couple days. But uh, we move on to the next exciting thing, and Memphis is really a tremendously wonderful place to live. Uh, mo- many of us who work on this committee, Eric and Kevin and John and I, uh, we came back to Memphis from other places. We wanted to relocate our families here and settle here. It's a beautiful place to raise our families, to raise children, to have a healthy and wholesome life. And uh, I think all of our uh, various employers are looking forward to us getting back to work. But at the same time, there's always something beautiful happening in Memphis, and uh, we look forward to the next uh, exciting event.
0: I'll definitely look forward to seeing what comes out of Memphis and, and the Cooper tournament in the future. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you so much for making me making the court report. Making everybody feel welcome to be a part of the Memphis
5: community for Shabbos. Thank you, and please again accept my appreciation and my gratitude for having you here. It really was a wonderful, wonderful experience, and you better come back next year. Thank you very much. Congratulations on a phenomenal tournament. Thank you.
0: That again was Josh Kahane, the tournament organizer for the Cooper Memphis National Invitational Basketball Tournament. Well, thank you to everybody for listening to our show today. I'd like to thank our uh, all of our our interviews, at interviewees. I'd like to thank J.J. Kampf, Jeffrey Owen, the two members of the Max basketball team that you heard earlier. I'd like to thank Joey Honig and Eric Amkraut, the two athletic directors who uh, provided uh, their piece for our show, and to, once again, Josh Kahane. Thank you for your uh, your input and for making this show even that more special. Thank you again to the people of Memphis. Thank you to the Steiner family for hosting me over the course of this entire weekend. Uh, had a lot of fun, and I look forward to coming back sometime soon. Next week, we'll return to our regularly scheduled format featuring recaps, standings, previews, and rankings for the beginning of the 2015-2016 Yeshiva League season. If you missed... Any part of this or any episode this season, you can also catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., or you can find The Court Report on iTunes or the Nachum Segal Network app. Tomorrow morning, jam in the a.m. with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, nachumsegal.com, or on your radio, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM, Rockland County. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the Like tab. Let's get that number up. I'll see all of you back in New York. Thank you, Memphis, for all of your southern hospitality. See you next week, right here on The Court Report, only on the Siegel Network. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nakam Siegel Network. NakamSiegel.com